0: talkzone.com
2: that many games to recap from yesterday quite frankly a little bit of a slow day in the world of sports but uh, we'll recap some we'll preview some others and we'll fill out a few gaps in between that's what we do here on the two guys that a mic show at the talk welcome everybody thank you so much for joining us midweek wednesday big dog and a coach at your service september 22nd big dog the summer of 2010 is officially gone today is the first day of your autumnal season your thoughts, your feelings, if you could put it into words.
3: Oh, is that why I'm so tired and want to sleep in today all of a sudden?
2: Possible. It is possible. All of your uh, summer activities, uh, you know, come to a close. It is officially fall. And I know you're an autumnal kind of guy.
3: Oh, absolutely, Coach. I love this time of year. I don't care what anybody says. I do know that... the. The brutal weather's around the corner, but I'm going to enjoy the nice, cool, 60-degree days. Mm-hmm. I, I love this time of year.
2: I, I do, too. I think a lot of people do. I've always said uh, we've got it in kind of reverse order. It would be great if fall or autumn was followed by summer because fall is it such a great really season. It not a...
3: now, would it, Coach? What's that? It really wouldn't make sense now, would it?
2: Well, no, it wouldn't, but what I'm trying and to say is that—
3: to have all the leaves fall off the tree, and then all of a sudden have it be summertime.
2: I'm just, from an enjoyment standpoint, I love the autumn. The only depressing thing about it is that you know the long, dark, cold, depressing winter follows it. I could enjoy autumn more if I knew there was a nice summer beyond it. But there's, those are my uh, Weather Channel thoughts. Maybe we can bring in, who's the guy on the Weather Channel, Jim Santini? Sartini, the steroidal guy? I, I, on the- I, I don't watch
3: that show. No, I don't.
2: Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. The guy's famous. He's the uh, the uh steroid weathercaster.
3: I have no idea who you're talking about, Coach.
2: Help me out there, people on the uh, other. We talked about this on our old Morning Break radio show, 888-463-6748. Our phone number, if you want to talk sports or if you can tell me who the guy on the weather channel is. I think it's like Jim Sartini. Or, he became a personality well beyond uh, being a weathercaster. You actually, big dog, you've got the look and the personality. You could have been... Uh, if Jerry Taft never came along, you could have been Channel 5's weather guy.
3: Well, I am I guess I could be a weather man, but I don't know if I could ever be a meteorologist. There's a big <laughs> difference, Coach.
2: You're some kind of ologist. I'm just not sure meteor is the way is the way to go.
3: I'll have to figure out which type of ologist I am, Coach. Yeah. I've always, options. I've oh, always wanted to be. You
2: know, I never had the schooling or the academia for it, but I always had a desire to be an ologist of some sort.
3: A fiesta ologist?
2: Possibly. Possibly. It's in the top ten, anyways. But I'm open. If anybody knows a good career where I could be an ologist of some kind, I'd enjoy that. I think it would sound good. It would look good on the business card, Big Doug. It would certainly sound better than a sports talk show and non English speaking station.
3: Well, uh, that would make sense. Maybe you could be a pontifologist. You Not pontificate bad. a lot. Okay. There you go. I like that.
2: Thank you very much. 888-463-6748 if you want to help us out. Big Dog, great to talk to you. It was kind of a slow sports day yesterday. I thought what we'd do today, possibly, uh is catch up on some of the little stories that we've not been able to get to. We've missed over the last couple of days doing a one-hour show. It's very tough to get to everything, but uh thought we'd pick up some bits and pieces if it's okay with you. Absolutely. Before we do that though, I know you got the yellow pad at home. Fans can't see it via the webcast. I apologize, by the way, to people checking in on the computer on our live webcast. All they see is me every day. And that's, that's not good, Big Dog, really.
3: Coach, I'm trying to get a helicopter ride over there. It's very difficult. Okay. That's all I have to say. There's no helipad in my house anymore. Maybe if we, we could get
2: some dancing girls or even if Big Dog can't make it here, something in the background. Just, I feel bad for the viewers. Coach, I mean the I reason I the reason I went into radio is cuz I had a you know the face for radio but now we're on live webcast that at least if you were here big dog we'd be a little bit more photogenic
3: I do appreciate that coach <laughs> you know I I do know dozens of go go dancers coach
2: well if you could we don't need a dozen i don't know if they'd fit in the studio but if you could send a couple over well, uh, I would what? and i know our listening audience would much appreciate it
3: Yeah, well, I'll be more, I'll be more than happy to work on that coach. There's nothing like a chicken white boot.
2: (laughs) Producer David Olson, any plans to uh, spruce up the studio in the near future or spruce me up?
1: Uh, no, but I was just going to point out that I'm going to start posting the video cast still. So
2: you're going to start what? I'm going to start posting
1: the video too. Oh, it's going to be on archive. Yep. Oh, this is not good.
2: So right now our shows can be gotten anytime via archive and people can hear the show.
1: Right, and they're also going to be able to get the video versions as so well.
2: So now when people tune in to hear an old show, Big Dog, they'll have to look at me again. This is not good.
1: Well, no, no, they've got that option.
2: They yeah. don't ha- oh, they you don't, can kill they that They don't
1: catch. have to. Okay. It's going to be It'll be separate buttons.
2: Now, do people that tune in live, do they have the option to get rid of the screen?
1: Yeah, they can just minimize it and listen okay. to it, yeah.
2: good. Uh, Big Dog, I would uh, highly recommend, uh, hopefully not verbally, but at least from a photogenic standpoint, minimalizing me as much as you can.
3: I'm sure it's happening, Coach, to be quite honest. Even if I was on the show, I'm sure yeah. that's exactly what would be happening. I wonder how many. now people are just sitting there, like, hunched over the computer watching you right now. I doubt <laughs> it. I'm sure they're, like, playing Sudoku or maybe doing some work on there.
2: I certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. All right, Big Dog, what do you got on your uh, yellow pad at home or the eight 8.5 by 11? Are you on white pad or yellow pad these
3: days? I keep forgetting. Uh, actually, I, I'm going the regular, the one with the string. Huh? Never mind, Coach.
2: <laughs> oh, you're killing me here. That's bad. I, I got another rebound. Sorry about that. What? Uh, any? I've got some items to go over here, but you got any on your docket? We have not gotten to the last couple of days. It's a little bit early to preview some of the big games over the weekend. We might get to that, but uh, a good day to pick up some loose ends, if you will.
3: Uh, well, uh, well, there's definitely a, a lot going on in the world of sports. I, just, you know, People tend to forget that this is the best part of a baseball season. Yes, you know, so it's fun. I would have to disagree. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. And the National League MVP race and the, there's not the, the team races aren't as good, but the individual races are awesome right now. And in all four categories, they're mm-hmm. pretty good.
2: couple of Colorado players, I think, uh, Tulewitzki and Carlos Gonzalez battling uh-huh. for the uh, National League batting title. But you still got a race going on in the National League West and the National League wild card. It's a uh, that's gonna be fun to watch. Last, what are we down to the last week and a half? Right, next weekend is when the regular season ends.
3: That is exactly right, Coach.
2: All right, so that one is pretty tight. I think Colorado got beaten last night. San Francisco one to nothing over our very own Chicago Cubs. This is Matt Kane pitched a beauty, and your guy Buster Posey hit a home run. So the Giants, I think, uh, what are they one game up on the Padres right now? Uh,
3: I, I believe that is correct, Coach. And it's uh, that Buster Posey is my guy, by the way. Yes on the, my, the, my fantasy team since May. People are like, who the hook is Buster Posey? Well, as a catcher hitting 325, he probably will be the National League Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody just thought it was going to be Jason Hayward. And if you think about it, Jason Hayward had a phenomenal season, Coach. But if you think about it, Mike Stanton, uh, Starling Castro. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few people that I think have had better years yeah. as rookies than than Jason Hayward did.
2: Yeah, there, there's three or four guys this year that have had better years than some of the guys in the last four or five years that won the rookie of the year candidacy.
3: Absolutely, either. coach. Yeah, this, this is the, this was the year of the rookie phenom.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, we were talking about it in May, and it, it definitely ended up being that way.
2: Mm-hmm. San Diego, by the way, they held serve yesterday. They beat the Dodgers six to nothing. Clayton Richard. Pitching a beautiful game. So uh, it's getting interesting in the National League West. Phillies knocked off the Braves. They have ended all interest in the National League East. The Philadelphia Phillies, nine wins in a row. They're dominant right now. And the Braves are uh, battling for the wild card at this point, right? wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah, Roy Halladay uh, ended up with his 20th. Yes. Yes. Around June fifteenth, it was a little weird because you know I was thinking, wow, this this holiday pickup really hasn't worked out for the Phillies. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I just thought him coming to the National League with that lineup, I was like, oh, he's a lock to win twenty. And it didn't look like it. And all of a sudden, I look at his numbers yesterday. He's twenty and ten with a two point five ERA. Wow. I mean, he National League MVP. I mean, National League uh, Cy Young possibly. I mean, it, it didn't look like he had any chance of doing any of that about a month and a half ago.
2: Well, you don't get many 20-game win- winners last, uh, anymore. Was there any 20-game winners last
3: year? Uh, well, C.C. Sebastian won 19. I do not believe so, Coach. Yeah, I,
2: I remember a time, and it wasn't that long ago, when, you know, 20 wins was a good season, but it was somewhat commonplace but uh, now 20 wins for starters who you know usually go what only six or seven innings at best uh 20 wins has become a remarkable statistic roy halliday achieving that last night and boy he is just the epitome he really is big dog the epitome of a professional athlete who stays below the limelight doesn't get in trouble you don't read about him in the papers and he is just really really good year after year after year a consistent high level of performance i appreciate those kind of guys
3: and he's also one of those pitchers that goes more than six or seven innings consistently. Yep. He pitches complete games. I mean, he's he's probably got eight complete games this year. I know that that wouldn't even be in the top ten if it, if this was 1978. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know those days are over. And uh, so he usually leads the, the major leagues in complete games, and he'll do that again this season. Yep.
2: He won most of his games uh, if he does, and I think he will go in the Hall of Fame. Will he be a Toronto Blue Jay big deal? No? Well,
3: his career is far from over yet, Coach. And okay. I, you know what I'm saying. And if he goes, if he pitches for the Phillies, you know he wins two or three games in the World Series this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And all of a sudden, people will start thinking of him as a Philly if he pitches for a few more years after with the Blue Jays. But you know he, he pitched for ten seasons with the Blue Jays. So if he pitches six with the Phillies and wins two World Series, things can change. Mm-hmm. Things can definitely change.
2: Happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays to you. You called it about a week ago when you said, uh and even a week, week and a half ago, I don't think they were the prohibitive powerhouse that they've become, but you said Philadelphia Phillies are the team to beat. It wasn't long ago, Big Dog, when they were struggling, and you thought maybe this is a team that's not going to achieve next to the level of of, of their um uh, Not performance, but next to the level of their talent. But, boy, they've turned it around. And as you alluded to earlier, injuries were a big part of that early in the season.
3: I mean, yes. I mean, Jimmy Rollins was out for a significant portion of the season. And whenever he was playing, he was limping around. Chase Utley was out for a long time. Ryan Howard out a long time. You know, Raul Abanez has limped around all season. Uh, You know, Brad Lidge was hurt. And then when he pitched, he was horrible. And all of a sudden, he hasn't given up an earned run since August 1st. You know Ryan Matson, their their setup guy. He's been really good lately. So all of a sudden, this team. You know, it it was funny because I I I kept saying it all year long. I'm like, you got to watch out for the Phillies because they were lurking around. Yet they had all those injuries and a lot of their key players weren't having good seasons. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's you know September 22nd. Everybody's healthy, and all of a sudden. Utley swinging the bat. Ryan Howard is on a tear, and all of a sudden yeah, they're they're the favorite without a doubt.
2: Talk a little baseball here with the big doll. We're gonna get to some other stories too. Midweek Wednesday, with a little bit of football preview today, but not that much. Quite frankly, pick up some uh, some titillating tidbits, news and notes, little uh, items that we have not gotten to. In the last couple of days, we'll do that as the show goes on. Of course, you can help us with that. Any sports thoughts you got, you want to jump off the sports page, talk about any of the new fall TV shows that you've seen. Uh, God forbid it actually a good movie that's out there. I don't think there is one, but if you've seen one, uh, give us a call. User friendly here. Big dog and a coach, 888-463-6748. I got caught up, big dog, a very strange dream last night. It was a combination of, uh, your love. Well, not love, but your prediction of the greatness of the Philadelphia Phillies and the debut of my uh, one of my favorite shows, Glee, last night. And I had a weird dream last night where Glee's Jane Lynch and Philadelphia Phillies second baseman Chase Utley were having a romantic moment. It was a very disturbing dream.
3: Now, do you find Jane Lynch funny? Hilarious in the role that she plays. I couldn't agree more. That woman is hysterical. <laughs> and I have I have told you over and over again that you need to watch the movies that she's in with, uh, with Christopher Guest. Okay. Like A Mighty Wind. Have you seen A Mighty Wind? I of? have not. Okay, I thought well, A Mighty
2: Wind was, uh, wasn't that the Daniel Pearl story?
3: It may have been, but no. the actual movie, not the documentary.
2: Okay.
3: She's in that, and uh, how about... Um, Waiting for Guffman. Have you seen that? I have not. Have you seen um, Best in Show? Yes. Okay, well, it's basically the same stuff, but she's, you know, Uh because she plays. um, I have to make sure I use the right word because uh, uh, you don't like it when I say it wrong, but she (laughs) plays a lesbian dog trainer.
2: Ah, well, who hasn't?
3: I mean, it's awful good, and she's married to a she's basically the sugar girl of uh the rich woman in in the movie if you remember properly
2: i i you know you told me to watch that movie and I did watch it and thoroughly enjoyed it but it was pre Jane Lynch fame so I have to go back and relook at the Jane Lynch in that particular movie now she's also an American virgin right or the 40
1: year old 40 year old version yeah, yeah virgin, she's the boss yeah. okay and yeah, she but plays she she
3: made her stardom with the Christopher Guest movies, and and by the way, she's one of the top five funniest people in those movies, which is saying a lot because <laughs> they got Parker Posey in there, Christopher Guest, but a, a bunch of other people. Good stuff, Coach. Okay,
2: so Mighty Wind and Waiting for Guffman are two yeah, movies well, I need to see. You need to see Waiting right. for
3: Guffman. I think that's okay. the funniest one.
1: What I Waiting for Guffman? Okay, yeah. Uh, what yeah, I actually need, Waiting for Guffman is one of the better ones
3: i, I think in it my is opinion one of those. I, don't,
1: I don't know that I've ever heard it was it like an eighties nineties uh no, it, it, no, it, it was it was nineties and it's about like this little uh shakespeare this little community theater that find out that it's like oh, a big theater critic is gonna come and see our show and bring it to Broadway, and so like it's this whole little town going nuts. The yeah, and, they're waiting, they're and the, the guy's big,
3: name big is big Guffman, so they're waiting for Guffman. Having okay. mean, coach, it is good. It's really funny. Okay. It's the same people that are in Best in Show. It's the same exact people, Coach.
1: <laughs> and then they also had one that came out a couple of years ago, For Your Consideration. Uh, I have not seen that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was their latest one. It came about two or three years ago. Uh, it's about like the small little independent film that starts getting Oscar buzz and how it transforms them all. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. But yeah, yeah but yeah, it's just, it's it's the same people in all of them. Same yeah. people.
3: Okay, I have to see that one that because every cuz everyone makes me crack it. Have I forgotten any other one? Uh, by the way, David. Well, we're not doing a, we're not talk.
2: doing a Jane Lynch documentary here, so we don't have to go to
3: every single movie uh, she I have I, to say those are the funniest movies made.
2: I enjoy all those movies, but the point I was trying to make is I didn't enjoy my dream last night where combined with the Philadelphia Philly second baseman Chase Utley, that was not so funny. It was somewhat disturbing, big dog
3: i, I got to tell you something, if Chase Utley procreated with Jane Lynch, that, that would be a super athlete.
2: <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. 888 463 the phone number. Hey, we didn't talk about one of the little baseball tidbits that uh, certainly happened over the weekend for our Chicago Cubs, and it's become a national, if not international, story. And that's Tyler Colvin, our um, another Rookie of the Year candidate, possibly.
3: Uh, but the I mean, bat- he had his position, like he'd be on an all-rookie team. But, yeah, okay. definitely, he yeah.
2: All right, but what are your thoughts on the the maple bat, which we've had problems with splitting apart? And, of course, uh, wasn't a splinter, but half of the bat, the sharp edge, actually, I don't know if you call it impaling, but stabbing it, it him did. in the well, chest. A part
3: of it broke off in his chest, Coach. Now, I don't think it stayed in the chest, though, did it? No, well, the, 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 a, there were splinters in his chest Oof. that they had to get out. The hit. whole the end of the bat didn't stay in there, but right. it hit him perfectly in the chest, and he got – Mm-hmm. He legitimately there was wood in his chest that they had to take out
2: nasty 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 now uh your thoughts babe big though you're a long time baseball guy the maple bat are we seeing the uh, beginning of the end of the traditional maple bat
3: i, I would certainly hope so but the problem is where they're going to go to next i mean they've planted a bunch of ash but it's going to be years before they be that it's going to be ready they they've uh you know the ash tree that uh Basically, it was attacked by one of those like Asian beetles or whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and and billions of uh, ash trees went down. And plus the fact that they were kind of being over, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they were being over picked or whatever the heck you want to say to them. Over cut down.
0: Okay. Uh,
3: the, the, you know they were. You know all of a sudden we don't have enough ash for ash bats, so
0: mm-hmm.
3: a lot of people went to maple because it was cheaper and and it was a lot harder. to technically, supposedly. You know, the ball goes a little bit further with maple, but also it'll break in half a lot easier. So they're harder, so they break easier, That's the best way to put it.
2: Horticulturist Joel Radwanski joining us for a brief moment in time. Here. I've got two guys in a mic show. Is there enough maple trees uh, to continue making the maple bat? And, Big Dog, is there something they can do There's with the seeding, the, with the planting the, the, of the maple trees, to maybe increase the uh, the fiber of the maple?
3: But To make it a little softer? I don't know to make it. No, I want to make it harder, coach. Uh, you think outside the box. Though. you probably did horrible. Insane. The harder <laughs> the bat, the more likely it is okay, to break.
2: You're right. Make it more pliable. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. But you still has to be able to. You know, you got to be able to hit it for a home run. Nobody's going to use it if it's too pliable.
3: Well, it, well, you know what you got to do is you got to tell these people <laughs> that these bats are made in Canada. Then they'll probably switch back to ash bat. <laughs> That's probably the only option that we have. You know, I mean, some uh, people don't care. They just want the best match. You know, this best <laughs> Canadian. They'll freak out. Okay. Oh, boy.
2: David, I love doing this show. It's better when Joel's here, but even when he's not here, just to be able to get him going a little bit, that's uh, – I don't know if there's any listeners out there enjoying it, but for me it's it's one hour of uh, pure pleasure each and every day, five days a week, one hour, a day five in total. Poor Toto. <laughs> oh, good. Let me uh, – rank me in a one, two, three for uh, sports bravado – Slash goriness slash, um, performance. And that is three Chicago athletes now have two recent and one fairly recent have suffered some, you know, injuries or or incidents that have gone national for the sports fan out there. And, and they have bounced back from them and they've taken it with great bravado and earned respect. Uh, you remember Duncan Keith in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Puck comes, puck into his mouth. Seven teeth shattering. Some down his throat, some up his nose, some onto the ice, and he comes back and plays less than a period later. Paul Konerko last week getting hit in the eye
3: in the in the mouth
2: sorry, the mouth hit in the face by a baseball, stays yeah. in the game next at bat, first pitch, jacks went out, or Tyler Colvin, who was able to smile and walk off the field after getting stabbed. By the broken end of a maple bat, it's a pretty tough one-two-three, big dog. But
3: uh, it's, it's definitely Duncan Keith number one, and then Paul Canerco number two, yeah. and this cup fan's even going to put Tyler Colvin number three. The, the, it's probably a bigger story with the Colvin thing, coach. But just for the fact that Duncan Keith swallowed some of his teeth, is yep. back on the ice, winning a cup. So uh, you know that has to go with Duncan Keith, coach. Yeah. And, and Paul Canerco got hit in the mouth and didn't lose any teeth, but mm-hmm. hit the home run right after. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have to admit that was pretty cool.
2: All three of those guys good examples of what we hope to get from our Chicago athletes, no?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's uh, the, the you know, Paul Knurkel, by the way, just throwing it out there, he's had an MVP season, Coach. Yes. Legitimate. He should be considered for the American League MVP. He is way up there. He's second in home runs. He's like, fourth in RBIs. He's hitting 315 right now. He's He's been between 315 and 320 for the last month or so. He's had a phenomenal season.
2: He has indeed. No question about it. What talks of baseball with the coach and the big dog here, 888-463-6748. Taking a brief break from the football mania that has been the past two shows. But to Paul Kanurko, I would think big dog, the eight-game tailspin that the White Sox are in, Probably going to cost Conurco some votes, but you are absolutely yeah. correct. Well. and As you were describing him, everything we said about Roy Halladay about eight minutes earlier in the program stays under the radar. True professional. A really, really good player for a long period of time. Consistently good. Paul Conurco was the Roy Halladay of hitters, and, and I mean that in the greatest compliment.
3: Maybe for like the attitude and stuff, but yeah, he's he's nowhere near as good a hitter as Roy Halladay as a pitcher. Uh, His Roy Halladay is a Hall of Famer. Paul Conurco is not a Hall of Famer though.
2: Okay. okay, fair enough.
3: Close. Hey, look at the numbers. Roy Halladay leads the league in wins, complete games.
0: He does, I right guess. Out.
3: You know, it's, it's, it's ERA every year. Paul Conurco, I don't think has ever led the, the American League in any category, mm-hmm. ever. No, no, did he lead in stolen bases last year? <laughs>
2: Uh, in a word, no.
3: Oh, okay. Just yeah. wondering.
2: Yeah, not that kind of triple threat. Hey, you're probably right for Paul e. Connerco. That's a.
3: He's a good, I'm not knocking Paul Conurco. Right, not to be as good as Roy Halliday doesn't mean he's stuck. I mean, you can still be a very good player, a perennial All Star. Actually, mm-hmm. so
2: one uh, other item we haven't gotten to, and uh, we'll take a quick break here in a, in a minute. Uh, again, phone number eight 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 four six three six seven. 4-8 with our hometown Chicago Cubs. Big duh. We mentioned the White Sox in a tailspin. They fought, but they're not going to make it. And they're, uh, unfortunately ending out on the negative note here. They're in a bad losing streak and they basically stopped playing. But the Cubs under interim coach Mike Quade swept the Cardinals over the weekend. Now they lost yesterday one to nothing, but they are 17 and seven, I believe, under Mike Quade with a bunch of, uh, You know, minor league players, he's switching up lineups every day, different combinations, and they're playing winning baseball. It's been, I'm not going to say amazing, but a somewhat pleasant finish for the Chicago Cup.
3: Uh, Yeah, I I guess he's put his hat in the ring, but hopefully, you know, Jim Hendry's around the team a lot and finding out what really is going on. And it also helped, you know, Luke Pinello was asleep at the wheel pretty much the whole season. Yes. But before we start acting like uh, Mike Quade is doing miracle work, uh, it, it, it helps the fact that Carlos Zambrano's is pitching the way that he has because he has been absolutely brilliant in the whole, you know in his last nine starts. Yep. You know Ryan Dempster has been a lot better. You know it's. I, I hopefully, it's Mike Quade, and then next year, you know, if they rehire him, you know, next year they win at a you know a seven hundred percent clip or seventy mm-hmm. percent clip, but I, I I'm i you wishy-washy on this, Coach. I wish I could give you a better opinion.
2: Well, and even I beyond really Mike— I don't
3: know if they should bring him back. I don't I, I don't think—I mean, if they can get Girardi, I mean, they should bring Girardi in, you know, so.
2: Yeah, if they can get him.
3: Yeah, it's—I'm it's, really—it depends on who they're going to get if, instead of bringing— don't bring in Bob Melvin, keep Mike Waddy, if that's one of your options. You know what I mean? It it all depends on who they're going to
2: bring in. Then I wasn't bringing up the story just for the Mike Quade and the managerial aspect, which is an interesting aspect of it. But just to give credit to the Chicago Cub team, was a brutal season. They did not perform when it counted. But uh, to at least some positive, they are finishing again with a mix and match lineup uh, without a lot of their stars. They're traded Derek Lee, but uh, they're winning, playing winning baseball down the stretch, and uh, you know, sweeping the Cardinals. Not just playing good but playing really really good and hopefully that will carry over at least a little bit into next season.
3: Well, you know what? Coach? how many times on this program and we in 02, 05, 06, you know, 09, and now this year finally cuz those, all those years the Cubs were not in the race. And I beg the Cubs, please get rid of overpaid quote unquote stars, okay? And and uh bring up some rookies. Obviously, they did it this year. It was the first year they did it out of all those particular years that I, that I said. All those years, they ended with a, a horrible team, and we still couldn't figure out which particular rookies, which minor league players are any good. Well, guess what? They brought up the rookies, and we found out that they were better than these overpriced bums, and we're maybe getting, they're getting these kids some experience, and we can find out which kids maybe aren't cut out for the major league level so we don't have to find out possibly next year when the Cubs are in the middle of, of a division race. Mm-hmm. So, just Rickett's family, please, anytime that the team is bad, if you really do, if your goal is to win the World Series, if you have a bad team, wave the white flag and get rid of bum. It, 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 I would much rather see a rookie busting his butt in the Cubs losing a game than some other guy getting paid $14 million jogging around the bases just trying to pad his staff.
2: Very good chance that a member of the Ricketts family was listening to that diatribe, Big Dog, and uh, your, your words may turn into action because uh, inside it. sources say, I don't know about Tom Ricketts, but there's a couple of members of the Ricketts families that are regular two guys and a mic listeners.
3: Yeah, well, one of them is their dog.
2: Take it easy. All right, speaking <laughs> of dogs, he's our best in show, the Big Dog, Joel Radwanski. He'll be back. I'll be back. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Some NFL news and notes. Uh, more titillating tidbits having to do with the Chicago Blackhawks. We have not mentioned them, and uh, we'll talk some sports and more when we come back. Your phone lines are open. If you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Two guys that a mic. TalkZone.com. Back on Two Guys and a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Big Dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Big Dog our webcast. People cannot view you from your fine auspices in Aurora, Illinois. Paint a picture. That's what we do here on radio. Paint a picture if you can. During the breaks, what does hey Joel, the Big Dog, Radwanski do for the listening fans, for the viewing fans out there?
3: Well, normally I'm, I'm skimming through the Internet and, uh, you know, trying to check out, like, I put it like strange search engines, like you know, I'll like type something in, and I'll be like, uh, like, petite girl sweating, you know what I mean? I check out that on Google sites <laughs> like that. Sometimes I, you know, I go to the washroom. It all depends, Coach.
2: There it is. Some, I'm almost, aff- I'm almost sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah. All, all of our plans to put the live webcast in at your abode, after hearing that description, I think we might cancel that. <laughs> Although we do have one of our background producers who apparently has handed me a note, and he wants to know what exactly is the Sweaty Petite Girl website.
3: So um, can, oh, you, well, actually, uh, the search engine really didn't find anything for me, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. I had to get back to the program. I'll, I'll check that out later. All
2: right. Thank you very much. Sorry, I asked back on the uh, talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. One story we have not gotten to, Big Dog, is the uh, NHL hockey team's have been practicing now. Uh, I think the Blackhawks actually have an exhibition game, their first game tonight. But here in Chicago, the defending champion Stanley Cup Blackhawks had their first practice over the weekend. I don't know if you saw this story or not. And the place was packed. The parking lot was packed. There was a traffic jam outside the stadium. Some of the players were late to practice because they couldn't get through. This is for the first practice of the season, Big Dog, for a team that three years ago, Nobody knew about.
3: It's, uh, <laughs> it just goes to show, if you win in Chicago, you will be beloved. And, and people were waiting for this hockey team. Uh, you know, when, when people think, like, I don't know, if you're like 25, you would say, well, yeah, these are bandwagon fans. You know what? People Blackhawks fans rightfully showed, rightfully, you know, so jumped off the bandwagons. But I remember in the 1980s, before this whole business of hockey really started leaking out and you'd find out what Bill Wirtz was doing. The United United Center, excuse me, the Chicago Stadium was packed, Coach. Mm -hmm. 18,000 people rocking and rolling, watching the Blackhawks uh, play. It's good to see that hockey's back in in the city. And it also, so it isn't like these are bandwagon people. They were doing the right thing by staying away. And another thing, just win in Chicago. Win. If you win in Chicago, you will be beloved. Beloved.
2: Boy, it's just unbelievable! Sold out for the first practice, the first scrimmage. They sell tickets? I think
3: practice they did. Or? I think
2: they did because I think I had read even beforehand that the thing was sold out. I think they did sell tickets, and it's just absolutely amazing. They're playing uh, in Winnipeg tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Hawks are favored by a three quarter a point seven five of a goal. You going to take the over, the under, the Hawk, or the Jet, well, or the Lightning? Yeah. Rather, in uh, the first exhibition game.
3: That, that's awful tough, Coach. Maybe if they were only favored by half a goal, I, I would go with it. But that, that extra .25 of a the goal, I don't know if yeah, I can do that.
2: That's, that's what they call a trap, right, in Vegas? Oh, yeah, the...
3: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Let me just say to all the bettors out there, if you are betting, if you're putting money down on exhibition hockey, you need to find a Gambler's Anonymous location very, very quickly.
3: No, no, if you're betting on you must have some inside information and let me know so I can throw down a G or something. I don't have it, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I can borrow it.
2: Oh, goodness. The Marty Turco era, by the way. The Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. I think most of our listeners are uh, nationally aware of the fact that defending champions, the Stanley Cup champs, had to trade away a good third of their team, including some key players, including the goalie, the young goalie who was the Cinderella story to help lead them to the championship uh, Anti-Niemi is now elsewhere. I forget which team he's on, but Marty Turco. The Marty Turco era starts tonight. Big Doug, your excitement level.
3: Uh, extremely good. The best thing that could have happened to the Chicago Blackhawks was to get rid of Anti-Niemi before he was exposed as the fraud that he is. He wow. may be the worst goalie of have upper World the cup. that's strong. Chicago Blackhawks fan. I know you're going to be like, a lot of people think I'm crazy now. Every single national guy that I'd that I'd watch in hockey, they'd be like, how is this guy doing it? He has no fundamentals. He's getting lucky. He's got the best team in hockey in front of him. And everyone's acting like this guy is a good hockey player. The, the Blackhawks actually do have a good goalie now. They have a better chance of repeating oh. for the Cup. The only problem is they did lose a lot of talent. You know, They lost the Bufflin. They lost <laughs> a few other players. I'm a little worried about that. But I'm actually happy that they lost Anthony Niemi. And you'll find out, Coach, he's... An average goalie, at best.
2: Well, and you might be right in that. The only part I would question your judgment, and God forbid, I would actually question your hockey judgment. But Anthony the Emmy during the Stanley Cup run, Big Dog, came up with some good saves. He got hot and he played very, very well. It wasn't all just good defense. He did play yeah. extremely well down the stretch.
3: He, he did. He. I'm, I'm gonna. He definitely had okay. a couple very good games, Coach. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what? I'm gonna have to. uh I'm going to have to side with the, a lot of them, were like a lot of these experts, because I have to admit I was learning hockey, relearning hockey. And a lot of them started talking about, like, what is fundamentally sound as a goalie and what is isn't. I started watching him, and they were exactly right. I mean, the guy, it goes down way too easy, okay? He goes down faster than a North Avenue hooker, okay?
2: <laughs> Knew that was coming.
3: Uh, so, sorry, Coach. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not worried about it, Coach. And, you know, what's okay. funny is now Marty Turco has something to prove. He doesn't have the Stanley Cup hangover, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: All uh, of a sudden he has something to prove to the whole city of Chicago and, most importantly, to the 24 other uh, Blackhawks that will be his teammates this year. Uh,
2: he's 35 years old. The guy backing him up is uh, 23 years old, going on about 17. He's got that youthful look. Uh, Chris Crawford, I think, is going to be the backup
0: goalie yes. for the Hawks. Yeah,
3: may... And I like him, too. I yes. like the backup goalie, Coach. Yep. He's the, the the 20 games or so he's actually played for the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. I have liked him. So. Okay.
2: I don't know, not ready for hockey yet. It's Maybe it's because we had a long Stanley Cup run, but it just seems like I haven't had... I mean, I'm pumped for the Blackhawks this season. I got hooked on them totally in the Stanley Cup playoffs, big dog, but uh, not ready yet. I need at least another month, maybe two more months before I can get the hockey buzz going.
3: No, I, 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 was watching, I watched every Blackhawks game last year, including regular season. And uh, I'm I'll watch nothing in the preseason this year. If the Bears are good, all I got to say is there is no way I would ever watch a Blackhawks game on Sunday while the Bears were playing. Yeah. It would be, there's a zero percent chance I will click over.
0: Yeah.
3: During commercials, but I mean I I will admit I ain't gonna be one of those people I go, oh yeah the Blackhawks are my favorite team. No, the Blackhawks are my my fourth favorite team, mm-hmm. and the Chicago Bears happen to be ahead of them. Okay, and if the Cubs were in the playoffs, of regular season Blackhawk game versus the Cubs in the playoffs, I'd be watching the Cubs, too. So. Well,
2: yeah, I and mean, sometimes it's just a matter of math, too. Even if you like the Hawks and the Bears the same, there's only 16 football games in a season.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's 82
2: mm-hmm. hockey, so you got to watch football exactly. on Sundays if you're a Bear fan or an NFL fan, no question about.
3: And, and 12 of 32 teams make the playoffs in football. Yep. So not only are the games are five times more important, they're about eight times more important than a hockey game, and sixteen of the thirty make it in hockey. So, mm-hmm. and right. the Blackhawks, let's face it, they're going to make the playoffs this year. Sure. I oh, think yeah. we can strongly we can we can pretty much say they'll be one of the top eight teams in the Western Conference.
2: I think that's a uh, almost a given. Yeah, almost a given. All right, but you're ready for hockey. I am not quite yet, but what uh, like it or not, it is upon us. Uh, moving quickly to the sport we just talked about, the NFL. Some news and notes, titillating tidbits coming out of the National Football League. Item A, Big Dog, this one is very discouraging to read, depressing to read. We really don't need to read it. But Braylon Edwards, one of the uh, fine wide receivers for what team is he on now?
3: The New York Jets.
2: The New York Jets. Braylon. Arrested uh, last night, uh, early this morning, drunk and driving two times over the limit. couple of Jet players in the car with him. Big Dog, please. These guys have been talked to, they've been warned, they've been sat down, there's discussions, teams have programs set up that they will pick these guys up, taxi service, limos, whatever it might be.
3: Yeah, take advantage of it. Yes. I don't understand it. And you're in New York. Who wants to drive anyways? Who wants to drive when you're in New York? Have somebody else drive for you. Hmm.
2: Defies logic. Defies logic. But Braylon Edwards, he'll be, uh, what do Braylon. you think the suspension will be for Braylon or Braylon?
3: Braylon, Coach. He was only the third overall pick in the draft and was a superstar. Well, I,
2: I understand that. It doesn't affect the pronunciation of his name. Not going to pronounce his name better because he was the third overall pick. And just because well, the, the guy Giants was... You
3: should have heard of him by now is all I'm saying to you. Coach.
2: I've heard of him. He's a tremendous receiver out of the University of Michigan. By the way, I enjoyed the Mario Manningham sighting over the weekend.
3: Oh, well, he actually made a catch for the Giants? Yeah.
2: <laughs> he did Touchdown, quarter of the end zone, Mario Manningham from the University of Michigan. I enjoyed that.
3: You know, all he does is catch touchdown passes. Last year, he had like ten receptions, and yeah. six of them were touchdowns. Same thing in Michigan. Yeah, it's yeah ridiculous. Yeah,
2: ten or see? fifteen yard pass up the middle. I drop it. Forget about. It. Throw the ball to me in the end zone.
3: that will oh, so catch. He, he caught a touchdown pass when they were down thirty-eight-seven. I yep. guess at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it makes that that's clutch right there. <laughs> uh, oh goodness. Anyhow, see, just
2: just there's just. Bottom line is there's no excuse for an NFL player right now to be driving intoxicated. It's 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 either careless or this feeling of entitlement that they just think they can't get caught and they've
3: it, what happened I mean, you know you're going out with your boys, right? So you know you're gonna drink. Right? Yep. This is I mean, this come on. Come on. Like mm-hmm. I I know one guy's got one when the, you know, he slept over at somebody's house. I understand that he had slept at his buddy's house driving. drive over. You get it do you want that's a big mistake. Yep. But at least he was trying to do the right thing. That's just that's just blatant. That's not, just bad, Especially not with your teammates in the car.
2: Not smart Sorry. at all. Reggie Bush, uh, the injury on him, four to six weeks. He's not out for the season. Yesterday we had a scintillating anatomical discussion, whether it was the fibula or the tibia. We went back and forth. We even called it the tibula. It is, in fact, the fibula, the bone in the leg. Reggie Bush out four to six weeks, big
3: dumb. Like I said, it was a broken bone. He'll be back. So it's not that, that big of a deal. You know, if you just okay. would have said
2: broken bone yesterday, we could have saved. A... I did say that.
3: Oh, so it was and then you had a, Then you were trying to figure out which bone it was. Okay. I think you even brought the ulna up in there one time.
2: I like the ulna. It's an underrated bone.
3: It's an arm
1: bone, though.
2: Yeah, I've always been uh, partial to the sternocleidomastoid, right up in the neck region, just underneath the clav- clavicular area.
3: Okay. I'll try to, I'll try to
2: break that on you the next time I see you. Oh, repeat after me. Star, no, wait a minute. It's the sternocleidomastoid, is that? Yeah, I think that's up top. Yeah. I had an anatomy and physi, I was a PE major in uh, college, big dog. Uh huh. And my first year in college, uh, over at Tulane University, the fighting green wave, they put us, for some reason, into a class with doctor, with medical majors you know, freshmen that were on the route to become doctors.
3: See, that's I that would have found my future wife in that particular class.
2: Your future life or your future wife? Wife. Ah. See, I wasn't not as a young 19-year-old freshman at Tulane, I was not looking for a future wife, especially looking over cadavers in a freshman uh, anatomy class. But
3: Yeah, yeah I, I can see that, Coach. But, you know, just the idea, you know, you get a wife and she's never home. Yep. Odd hour. <laughs> you don't have to steer that often. Makes <laughs> good money. Uh-huh. And trust me, she's so stressed out at work. She doesn't want to stress you, like you know, yell and scream at you. That that would be ideal. So it's not there's bad. any doctors out there that, you know, uh, want somebody, you know, uh, give them a foot rub every once in a while that you know won't bother you. Heck yeah, I'm 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 good. I'm good husband material, coach.
2: Never thought of it that way, but you painted a pretty good picture of uh, marrying a <laughs> female doctor.
3: Yes. which is much I'm better than it, coach.
2: marrying a male doctor, especially if you're
3: a male. Um, and plus, you don't have to worry about that messing around with the nurses. <laughs>
2: Oh, you might. You never know. Times can get very, very lonely. But anyhow, so we were in this class with like you know medical majors, and the the teacher was teaching us like we were you know future, and we were PE majors. So at some point, I had to learn all this stuff. I still remember true story. I think I got either a C or a D in the class, and I worked harder in that class, spent more time studying and homework, et cetera, et cetera, more time to get a C. Might have even got a D just so I didn't flunk in that class that I did in any other class in my life. That was just to get a C or a D.
3: You probably should have taken uh, that class second semester and taken first semester Latin. You would have done a lot better in that class.
2: Oh, no. Not me in Latin.
3: I'd rather be that, studying... That was the... your problem in that class, Coach.
2: No, well, I don't get it. The, the anatomy and physiology was not the same as Latin.
3: But the the everything is pronounced in Latin in that particular... That's why you did so poorly, Coach. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'll take your word for it. It was a long time ago. My memory's not as good as it used to be. At any rate, it was the fibulae out four to six weeks, and according to the big dog, all is good. The New Orleans Saints will be okay when Reggie Bush gets back.
3: Yeah, you know what? As long as, long as they don't have a lot of other injuries, they'll figure out a way to win. Uh, Sean Payton's a pretty decent coach. Uh, he's, he's probably their biggest weapon on offense, but you, you know what? It's not like that. He only gets about 12 touches a game anyway, so mm-hmm. they, can, they can go six weeks without him.
2: Yeah, but I think I can speak of behalf, on behalf of defensive coordinators across the NFL. I love to speak on behalf of defensive coordinators. When you're playing New Orleans and they've got Reggie Bush, it's a different game plan.
3: Oh, absolutely. I, so, I agree, because when he's on the field, he he's a weapon. I, I, yes. I, if he's not in the playoffs, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. okay but that's the point. Is they'll still be able to get a first-round bye without Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can win three playoff games without him though.
2: Might be. It might be one of those kind of injuries that in the long run, in some kind of ironic way, might help Sean Payton in the New Orleans Saints. Cause now for the next four to six, maybe seven weeks, they got to play without the spark plug. Again, not their best player, but clearly, uh, you know, the flash guy, the spark guy, the, the instant offense guy, kind of guy, sort of what Devin Hester is to the Bears. But you play without him, big dog, and assuming he comes back healthy. All of a sudden, the last four or five games, now you get, like, a bonus. You get Reggie Bush back strategically and psychologically. That might even make the New Orleans Saints a better team. Could be one yeah, of those they, injuries that helps them in the long
3: run. They should have them back for the last, like, eight or nine games uh, of the season. So, And if somebody steps up, you know, you figure out that uh, all of a sudden all these other guys will have bigger roles in the offense, and mm-hmm. it could possibly help the Saints again, yes. Okay. It, it could for winning the Super Bowl, maybe not for having a regular the best regular season record, but it will definitely help them for uh to actually reach the Super Bowl again. I would agree with you,
2: item number three on our n f l news and notes we're talking to football expert, also horticultural expert Joel Radwanski. here you want to check in with Joel, ask him any uh horticultural questions or any questions on the n f l or college football He's here right here for you at eight 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 four six three six seven four eight you can always email us at mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Item number three, given to us by our female intern, Tammy Hand. Say hi to Tammy if you could, Joe. Uh,
3: Tammy, I got this kink in my neck. Could you, could you please come out to Aurora?
2: I believe that's what she does. We'll send her on taxi right after the show. Item number three, Philadelphia Eagle coach Andy Reid announcing that Kevin Cobb, even though he's healthy, will not be starting a quarterback this Sunday, Michael Vick. Temporarily, you're starting quarterback for the Eagles. That-
3: that's a really good idea for them. Uh, you know what? You don't want Kevin Cobb playing in a hostile environment. And what I mean by hostile is having every single Philadelphia fan hoping that you get another concussion so you don't play anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to play Michael Vick until he doesn't play well. I, I don't know if it's because of Kevin Cobb not being able to you know, practice at full speed for a while, all that other stuff, Coach. But in general, I think it's... It, it, you got to go with the hot hand at quarterback, and right now Michael Vick is especially in a city like Philadelphia. Because what, what if Kevin Cobb misses his first two passes? One of them's deflected for an interception, you know, and he's not even playing that bad. I think it's a home game. Those people in Philadelphia will freak out. And plus, you know, uh, you're, you're playing Jacksonville. You do have to win this game. This is one of those games if the, if the Eagles are going to be in the playoffs. They need to win. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a smart choice, Coach.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's the age-old argument your starting quarterback gets injured, and this applies to any sport, any sport, baseball, hockey, basketball. Your starting player, who's your definitive starter, gets injured. The guy who replaces him comes in and does a great job, and the team wins with him, and the guy is, quote-unquote, as you said, hot. You know, now most people will tell you, no, no, when the starter comes back, it's his position. He's earned it. He has the right to go there. Uh, you know, but no, in my opinion, I completely agree with you. You go with the hot hand. Now, as a coach, you have to communicate. You got to sit down, you talk to a Kevin Cobb or whatever player it is. You say, Hey, look, you're still my guy. You're still the starter. Okay. But right now, you know, Michael Vick's coming off a great game. The team has won a couple of games in a row. We're going to keep the momentum going. But don't worry, Kevin. You're still the guy. But I completely agree, Big Biggo. You stick with the hot hand. Too many teams do not do that.
3: Well, they only have won one game this year. but it, And I think it's a case-by-case basis. If uh, I don't think Jim Storch is with the Colts anymore, but if the backup for the Colts came in and won two games, Peyton, Peyton Manning got, has got his job back. You understand what I'm saying? That'd be Kevin an exception. Yeah. has proved nothing in the NFL. Yeah. So, Kevin Cobb's never won a football game in the NFL. Yep. So just, uh, yeah, I would have to. And you already have a proven commodity in, in Michael Victor. The reason, how he wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season, I don't know. Okay, so.
2: I just that, got an uh, email from Harold Sorge. Looks like it's Jim's uncle listening to the program. He's not happy with your dissing of Jim. He says that Jim could surpass Peyton if he only had the chance.
3: Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, because I knew Sorge is not there, I think Marcus. Painter of Purdue is actually the Indianapolis Colts backup. Curtis, of
2: Curtis Painter,
3: Curtis Marcus. See, there, there, you go. See, I, I'm glad you correct me. So when I correct you, don't get upset anymore. I hate getting people's names wrong. Oh, so yeah, goodness. Curtis Painter is. I'm pretty sure the backup. I know he's on the yeah. roster. So, yeah.
2: all right. Item number four: NFL news and notes, titillating tidbits given to us by our new female intern, Tammy Hands. Uh, Chicago Bear-Green Bay Packer game Monday night, and I bring that oh, the, up. But the Bears are playing the Packers this week? They are indeed, and you say that sarcastically, uh, Bears and <laughs> Packers. Everybody out there knows the great tradition of the Bear and Packer. What's so interesting, I think, is the buzz for this game. The buildup, and it's just starting, probably greater than, um, I mean, you'd have to go back, what, maybe six, seven, eight years for Bear-Packer football, Big done. Uh, I'm
3: Definitely, well, oh six, the Packers were good, Coach. And the Bears were good also. So okay. I would have to say the four seasons, four years ago, okay. it was pretty good. But uh, other, then other than that, it was like 2005, it was a couple decent games. And in 2001, if you remember, the Bears and the and the Packers were battling for first place in the NFC Central. The problem was, you know, like the Bears went 13-3, and three, but they lost both games to the Packers that year. That was yep. not a fun year. Mm-hmm. So,
2: All right. Well, that should be – it's probably going to be build up ad nauseum, I would think, here in Chicago. It would be a lot of fun watching on uh, – Monday night, Bears taking on the Packers. The 2-0 Bear taking on the Green Bay Packers at 2-0. Game is at Soldier Field. Without looking at the paper, take a guess. What do you think the point spread, and I'm not looking at it either, what do you think the point spread will be in that game?
3: Packers will probably be a field goal favorite.
2: Yeah. I wrote down four on my sheet of paper, but that's about right.
3: I'll say three. Yeah. All right. I I don't get the newspaper anymore, even though I would love to. I'm not against it. It's just, you know, if somebody would – I'd be more than happy to steal some from a neighbor. I just don't have the money for the paper right now.
2: Seventy-five cents. It's a bargain. Knock yourself out.
3: The day starts adding up. At, highly... the, at the end of the month, and then we get a dollar on Sunday. So at the end of the month, if, you know, I got to figure out if I got to spend thirty bucks on the paper. I usually won't consider I'm spending thirty bucks on information pumped into my phone through the handheld.
2: You are a semi-respected sports talk host on a uh, national, if not international, sports webcast, Big Dog. You need to spend the seventy-five cents per day, and I think David Olson, our producer. We'll be more than happy to pitch in the buck fifty for the Sunday paper.
3: Okay, I'd be more than happy to actually start getting as soon as I get a job, coach. Yeah, it's going to happen. Let's just make that clear. Okay. What was the story back in our
2: radio days, back when you were actually getting paid? And <laughs> somebody was stealing your newspaper, if I remember correct. Do you really want me to tell this
3: story on air? Yeah. Coach regularly when I lived on the corner of Forty Fourth and <laughs> Wallace. Yep. Somebody kept stealing my newspaper, and I kept going out there early, and I couldn't find this guy. Okay, and you know, and I was living a, a pretty fun lifestyle. So, you know, getting up at seven in the morning at that particular time would have been like a normal human being waking up at like four thirty in the morning. Okay, mm-hmm. it was it was awfully awfully early for me. You know, and like legitimately, I'd wake up at nine fifteen, and the re- that's the reason why I was so fat. I'd wake up at nine fifteen and rush my butt to the to the show and not have breakfast. Yep so all of a sudden I just kept getting fatter and fatter because I wasn't eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, the, But my newspaper was always gone. So one day, I get home from uh, imbibing. And I get out, go out. It was only weekdays, I noticed. It wasn't the weekend. I usually got the Sunday paper. So um, I basically stay up till like, 5. I, what I had done was I decided to not go to the washroom all day, and I ate a lot of stuff that I should have. Then all of a sudden I drank a bunch of water, I grabbed the newspaper, went in the house, And let's just say I laid one in the newspaper perfectly. I couldn't believe how perfect it was, to be Uh. quite honest. with It was a little uncomfortable. Pulled it back up, put it in the paper. Rolled it back up. Rolled it back up and put it inside the the plastic part. You know what I'm saying, Coach? Laid it exactly where it was. Walked out to my car, and I had parked out, like, so I can look right at it. And I waited, and I waited. And then I noticed that at, like, 7.30, a bunch of kids walked by. So I had to wait legitimately like two hours, but it was worth it. Okay, and I saw some fat kid. I guess he wasn't eating breakfast either. He picked up the paper and just, like, started twirling it and walked to St. Gabe's uh, Little Elementary School. So I followed him down there. Got to a crossing guard. It was, like, you know, like one of the sixth-grade girls. This kid was, like, like in fifth or sixth grade. I'm like, hey, do you know that kid? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you think about him? And she, like, shrugged her shoulder. He's really mean. I'm like, well, pay attention to him when he opens up the newspaper. So the next day, I go by there, I see something in the crossing yard, and she just started laughing. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to tell you goodness. this, Coach. Now, and I have- wrote on the newspaper, like on the back of it. So, like, when it was opened up, I was like, don't you ever steal my paper again.
2: And after that, did it work? Did the paper uh, live happily ever after?
3: Never again was a newspaper stolen at go. my house, Coach.
2: There's a lesson for all the young kids out there. Along with sports talk, we give out friendly household advice on this show. Or in this case, not so friendly.
3: Yeah, I, I would have to say that was one of the funniest things I've done. <laughs> I mean, maybe other people might be disgusted by it, but you know what? Uh, the guy's stealing papers constantly. So.
2: You not only did it, but then you stuck around to become a witness for the reaction thereafter.
3: Well, I wish I would actually saw the kid open it up, but he didn't open uh, the paper up until he got into because he was with a group of his buddies. Uh, he was with like four kids.
2: ex buddies at that point. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, Big Dog,
2: you are a sick, sick individual, and I appreciate you more each and every day. <laughs> hey, uh, final NFL news and notes, titillating tidbit. Again, I want to thank our new female intern here, Tammy Hands. But uh day two of the story, very tragic, very sad story. Kenny McKinley, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals committing suicide. It was confirmed that it was suicide, and apparently a couple of girls who were friends of his Big Dog had indeed said that he had been talking and they thought he was kind of kidding and just saying it offhand, about taking his life because he was depressed over getting injured and what he would do if his football career was over.
3: Pretty sad.
0: Well,
3: it's it's nonsensical to me. I don't don't get it.
2: Well, it's nonsensical to everyone. I don't think it makes sense.
3: The the kid could have rehabbed. That's what you do when you get hurt in the NFL. You rehab. Mm -hmm. Science is incredible. People come back from ACLs in nine months. You know, how back has he been? Legitimately. I Again,
2: mean. without knowing, only explanation is a couple of wires upstairs in the cranial area not connecting. And I don't mean that in a mean sense. I mean, that's that's what happens because no, no, it's totally obviously. illogical. And everything you hear about the kid, Big Dog, is he was a great guy, great teammate, charitable kid. They loved him, absolutely loved him in South Carolina. He's only been out of South Carolina for a couple of years.
3: So there's That's just, how could you be wired properly and kill yourself? So. Yep.
2: yep. Very, very sad. All right. 888-463-674 our phone number. I'm not sure why I'm putting our phone number out there because I look up and we have about 22 seconds left in the show. Big Dog, final thoughts before we embark on a football show tomorrow and of course Football Friday.
3: Friday. Oh, we have a football show tomorrow?
2: Well, we'll definitely get into some preview. Not the official Football Friday, but tomorrow. We start looking ahead. I'm already excited about Notre Dame Stanford.
3: Yeah, I can't wait till the Cardinal comes to town. So,
2: <laughs> all right, we'll see you tomorrow, Big Dog and the Coach. Thank you so much for listening, David Olson, our producer. Outstanding job. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.